You know what's the hardest part about cooking bacon to go in my salad? Not eating all the bacon before I put it in my salad. I'm a hungry, hungry hippo, and this is my fast life. We've already reached the third episode of Jeannie Lawrence Fast Life. I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you're already finding a few helpful tidbits and insights. This particular episode is going to be really helpful because I'm going to walk you through step-by-step how to keto. It doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to be a mathematician or a scientist. You definitely don't have to take a ton of supplements and waste your money on disgusting protein shakes. No offense to anyone who likes protein shakes. You just have to learn how to be mindful and deliberate about what you're putting into your mouth. There's this silly idea some people have that you can trick your body into not processing something you eat. Like if you eat a ton of sugar, it's okay because you drink water with it so that counteracts the sugar somehow. That's not how the digestive system works. And you don't need a medical lab to know that's not how it works. Just a little honesty with yourself and some basic understanding about food and you're good. Now, if you're wondering how I had an episode about keto flu before an episode about how to do keto, I was laying the groundwork for you, okay? I gave you a backstory. I gave you some useful terms and definitions. I gave you the urgent things to look out for ahead of time so you don't get got. I set us up for this very moment we're about to have easing you into it. And before we get into the nitty gritty, here's a brief word on how you can support the show. If you enjoy Jeannie Lauren's Fast Life, please like and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a review with your rating helps even more, and I truly appreciate the feedback. If you'd like to support the show, become a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash fast life and choose the tier that's right for you. Perks include keto recipes, a one-on-one phone call with me to coach you through your keto journey, and a keto kitchen makeover where we go over how to shop at a grocery store of your choice. If you want to just support the show on a one-time basis without a perk, you can do that too. Anything is appreciated. You can do that too, too. (laughs) Anything, truly, is appreciated. Okay, back to the show. So I'm going to say something that might seem a little radical, Maybe even make you roll your eyes, but it's absolutely true, okay? Sugar is poison. All sugar, no hyperbole. Hyperbole? Apparently I can't say that word, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm not exaggerating, all sugar is poison. Some sugars are worse than others, but all sugars have negative effects on your health in the short term and long term. Dr. Robert H. Lustig, an endocrinologist at UC San Francisco, has called fructose alcohol without the buzz. Fructose is the sugar you find in fruit. So yes, even that mango is poison. By the way, back when I was being tested for diabetes, I told my doctor that I was eating two bananas a day and her eyes bugged out like I told her that I never washed my legs or something. Yeah, sugar is toxic. So why do we eat sugar? Well, sugar is a fast fuel. Your body quickly makes use of it and stores what it doesn't use as fat in and around your organs. I'm sure we all know how that works. (laughs) I don't have to explain that you can gain fat by eating potato chips, right? We're all familiar. By the way, did you know that hunger is what you feel when your body has used or stored all the sugar you've eaten? That's what prompts you to eat more. Your blood sugar has dropped 
and now you have to eat to pump it back up. It makes so much sense. It's a vicious sugar cycle. Now, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, your body can either be fueled by sugar in the form of glucose or fueled by fat in the form of ketones. But how exactly do you get the ketones? You're going to want to write this down or just go to JennyLowens.com to get the entire episode transcript. Quick maths. Step one, cut the sugar. Your body doesn't have to convert sugar to use it. It can burn it right away, which means that your body burns sugar faster than it burns fat. It's not the best fuel for your engine, but it is a quick one. So as long as you're eating sugar, you're gonna run on sugar. You won't make the switch to fat until you stop fueling yourself with sugar. And once you stop putting sugar in your mouth, you have to burn what's stored in your organs and your muscles. Which leads us to step two, start intermittent fasting. Now there are people who do keto without fasting, and there are people who do fasting without keto diet. You can do one or either or both, but fasting is going to be the quickest way to use all the sugar you have stored and get your body to switch to ketones for fuel. There are a lot of other great health benefits with fasting, but we will get into that in another episode. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it to you. It'll take the average person roughly 12 hours to burn through the sugar they've stored, and now we're in keto territory. You ever wake up one morning after a good night's sleep and you feel your tummy is flat and you feel lighter? That's probably because your body was in ketosis while you slept, burned all that sugar, and started burning the fat. That brings us to step two and a half, drink water. There are a lot of misconceptions about what you can and can't drink while you're fasting, and there are a lot of things you shouldn't drink, but please make sure you're drinking water. If you feel hungry, put some apple cider vinegar in that water, because a lot of people have found that apple cider vinegar helps stabilize their blood sugar, so you won't get those hunger pains because your blood sugar is not going up and down, it's just on the level. Do drink teas and coffee without milk or sugar. Don't drink anything with fat or butter, sorry bulletproof coffee. And doing that should get you into a really deep fast until you've reached the time of day that you want to start eating. Step three, start your keto diet. I want to reclaim the word diet here. The definition everyone's used to brings to mind the silly things people do because they want to lose 10 pounds real quick and then go right back to eating a standard American diet. This isn't that. For the remainder of this podcast, we're sticking to what is actually the first definition of diet, and that is the kinds of food that a person, animal, or community habitually eats. What will you habitually eat while you're keeping keto? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually different for everyone. There are people who do a vegan keto, a paleo keto, and I personally do a non-dairy keto, so my keto mostly consists of salmon, spinach, bacon, and avocados. There are ways to do keto that garner you more nutrition than others, but the main idea is to turn up the fat consumption and stay below 20 to 50 milligrams of net carbs a day. And that's just gonna be based on your own tolerance for carbs. Everybody's is different. Net carbs being the amount of carbs you get when you subtract dietary fiber from the total amount of carbs. Now, if you're not used to reading the labels of the food you eat, you'll definitely have to start once you're keeping keto. You should really be reading the labels regardless of what your diet is, but you're definitely gonna have to read it when you're keto because sugar and carbs are hidden in almost everything. You'll be straight up sabotaging yourself if you aren't mindful, but overall you can easily do keto by simply avoiding pastas, breads, grains, oats, fruits, 
and of course, sugar. And hey, if you decide you aren't interested in counting a single macro, you can simply cut those foods and fast and you shouldn't be in bad shape at all. Now we're on to step four, get your micros. I had a whole episode about keto flu, so there's no way I'm gonna give you instructions about how to do keto and not stress how important it is for you to get all your micronutrients every single day. Depending on your age and sex, you'll need 4,700 milligrams of potassium, 2,300 milligrams of sodium, 320 milligrams of magnesium, and 1,000 milligrams of calcium every day. You can find the fact sheets from the National Institutes of Health with the exact numbers that are meant for you on my website, genielaurencom forward slash resources. It's gonna be easier to get certain minerals than others depending on what your keto diet consists of. I personally have a particular problem consuming enough potassium because I don't eat dairy and it's so much easier for people who drink milk to get all their potassium in a day. It really frustrates me. But if you're mindful about what you eat, you should be able to hit your micro targets each day. Finally, step five, test your blood. This is completely optional, but I highly, highly, highly recommend getting a kit that has strips that can test your blood glucose and your blood ketones. For one, early on, you really won't know for sure if you're even in ketosis unless you test your blood and the P strips are not accurate. Secondly, you need to get a good idea of how different foods affect you. For some people, certain popular keto-friendly snacks are great. And for other people like me, what seems innocent will send your blood sugar through the roof. The only way to know is to test. And lastly, if there's any chance your ketones are too high, your blood test can help you find that out. Without getting too nerdy about it, what we're aiming for is a specific level of ketosis known as nutritional ketosis. It's anything between 1.5 and maybe 3 millimolar of blood ketones. If you test your blood and find that you are at, say, 8 millimolar blood ketones for multiple hours, and let's say you feel dehydrated and nauseous, maybe dizzy, and otherwise you just don't feel good, you might be at risk for diabetic ketoacidosis. So if that happens, you should head to the hospital and let them know you're concerned you have diabetic ketoacidosis. And if they find out you do, they'll probably give you insulin and fluids with electrolytes and just monitor you over a short span of time. From there, you should consult with your doctor because there could be a number of things going on with you that you've now found out because you're doing keto. Keep in mind, you don't automatically have diabetic ketoacidosis just because you have a higher level of blood ketones. So don't freak out. Diabetic ketoacidosis has to be diagnosed by a doctor. So don't be on WebMD scaring yourself to death, like reading everything. Just I just mentioned this so you understand why it's useful to do the blood tests and monitor yourself early on. And so you have the swing of things and you know how your body should feel and you know how food should affect you. You know, it's gonna take some getting used to and learning how your body adapts to this completely different way of living. And that's basically that on that. If you follow those five steps, you should have a very easy, very successful experience with keto. And that's whether your goal is treating insulin resistance or losing weight or treating depression, like anything. Those steps will help you successfully get into ketosis and manage a ketogenic lifestyle. If you have any questions or comments about them, leave me a note in the comments below this episode on JennyLauren.com. I would love to hear from you. Jeannie Lauren's Fast Life was produced, written, recorded, and edited by me, Jeannie Lauren, for Rockmore Media. 
This episode's artwork was also created by me, Jeannie Lauren, for Rockmore Media. The podcast logo was created by Honey, and the theme song was created by Tone Massive. Thanks for listening.